How's it going, 5979? Oh, I always love senior high. Y'all are amazing. I am excited to be with you guys tonight. And as we are closing out our sermon series, Words, a Matter of Life and Death. And so in this series, we've been talking about the power that our words have and how a lot of times they have a much more significant impact than we oftentimes realize. The theme verse for this series has been Proverbs 18.21, and in the Message Bible, it reads like this. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. And so what we've been talking about, that every day, you and I, we have the choice to make on whether we are going to use our words to bring life or to bring death, whether we're going to be giving out poison in our words or whether we're going to be offering up some yummy fruit. And so, Mr. Uh, Mr. Daniel, he uh, kicked off our series two weeks ago, and he kind of introduced this entire topic to us. And he gave us some really fascinating examples from the Word of God and how words brought about life. He pointed out the creation. God spoke, and that's how the world and everything um, that we see, us, the plants, the animals, all came into being. And then he also talked about the flip side, and how words brought about death. And he pointed out that words are what really led Jesus to be crucified. You guys remember that? Good stuff. And then Mr. Leo, last week he did an awesome job, and he talked about some of the common ways that we find ourselves speaking death. He talked about gossip and complaining and criticizing and judging. And he encouraged us to obviously not do those things, but instead to speak life. And so that's where that brings us to tonight, and we're going to continue looking at the power that our words have, but we're going to be going in a slightly new direction tonight, and I'm really excited about it. So far, we've kind of been looking at the, the don'ts, so to speak, kind of the negative side of words, how you shouldn't use words, but tonight we're going to be even more so looking at the ways that we should use our word, those times when we need to use our words specifically to confront someone, and how we're supposed to do that in a way that honors Jesus. Amen? You guys are awake. I love it. It's going to be good. And so you guys have probably figured out by now that conflict is an inevitable part of life, right? Jake, have you know that? There you go. God knew this too, which is why the Bible talks about conflict a lot. And it gives lots of, it has lots of things to say about that. Uh, how many of you guys in the room, by show of hands, you do not like conflict? Your personality, you avoid conflict, you hate it, you'd avoid it at all costs, all right? How many of you, that's me, because my hand is up, I am right there with you guys, I do not like conflict. How many of you are on the flip side, where you don't mind conflict, in fact, if it comes, you just take it head on? Let me see those hands. There you go, you know who you are. So, regardless, whether you're the type of person that avoids conflict or whether you're the type of person that takes it head on, it is something that we all deal with on a regular basis. And so, it brings us to the question, how are we supposed to deal with this as Christians? But, uh, but let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll dive in. Father God, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to be here to bring your word. I pray that you would remove me, that you would speak tonight, and that you would change lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, 
you guys probably already know, you can have a conflict with absolutely anyone, but tonight we are going to be talking about some of the absolute worst kind of conflict you can have, and that is with annoying people, all right? How many of you guys get annoyed with annoying people, right? Okay, I'm, you, I think you guys already know who I'm talking about, but I'll give you a couple examples real quick. We're talking about the person who does not understand personal space, and they're just like all up in your bubble, and they might actually happen to stink as well, you know? That's, that's a pretty annoying person, right? I was not calling Christian out. I was just you know, all right, we're talking about people, maybe they are playing their music so loud that maybe they even have their headphones on, but you can hear from across the room, and you know exactly what song they're playing, that's pretty annoying, right? Yes, it is, and if you think it's not, you're probably that person, so, <laughs> all right, we're talking about maybe people that constantly are talking, talk, 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 maybe you're trying to say something, and they're interrupting you because they're talking so much. That's pretty annoying. And so, uh, I lost my spot. It's all right. So, <laughs> so, you guys can probably think of some of these annoying people. And like I said, they are just a constant part of life. So, the question we're going to be looking at tonight is how do I deal with annoying people? As a Christian, how are we supposed to deal with? with these annoying people that we deal with in our life. Now, again, I'm not just talking about any kind of annoying people. I'm talking about ones you have to deal with on a regular basis. Because you and I both know that just kind of random annoying people that we just see every once in a while, that we don't need to sit down and have a conversation with. Maybe it's a relative that you only see a couple times a year, or maybe it's somebody you just pass in the hall in school, or you have a, a class with, whatever, but don't really see them that much. You know it's not really worth our time, Charisma, to sit down and have a conversation with these annoying people. Right, she gets me. So we're talking about the ones you have to deal with a lot. For instance, uh, I had a class with a guy, and he fit the first category. He was not really worth my time to have a conversation with, and he, he was so annoying that he annoyed the professor. Now, you know you got to be annoying when you're an adult, and you're annoying another grown adult. So, unfortunately, the guy, he smelled uh, a lot, and then he also, he would talk, uh, talk, 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 talk about himself a whole lot, his experiences, and there's nothing wrong with this in and of itself, but uh, it just kind of added to his weird factor. He also wore a kilt, so he had a grown man, college class, wearing a kilt. He was Scottish, so it was legit, but nonetheless, it was still kind of just annoying. And so, but I didn't sit down and have a conversation with this guy because I knew I only have class with him two times a week. There was a good chance I wasn't going to be having class with him again in the future, particularly in a smaller class setting. But on the other hand, if I knew that I'd be having class with him four days a week, every semester, year or semester after semester, and maybe even working in group projects with him, I probably would have had to sit down and have a conversation with this guy, right? Because it would have come to a breaking point. So... So in the same way, though, we're talking about people that you deal, annoying people you deal with on a regular basis. And some of you all are dealing with some of these right now. Maybe it is in school for you. Maybe it's a person who's constantly talking to you in class and you just don't like them. Or maybe you're just trying not to get in trouble with the teacher. Or others of you, maybe it's a sibling. They could be older. They could be younger. 
They could be uh, getting you in trouble, or maybe uh, they're excluding you from activities that you want to be a part of. And uh, so how do you deal with that? Maybe they're hogging the bathroom. So how do you deal with that as a Christian? Others of you, maybe you have a really annoying teacher. Maybe it's the way they talk, you know. Maybe they're constantly calling you out in class in front of everyone else. Or uh, maybe they have really boring lectures. So how do you deal with that as a Christian? Well, I'm going to show you guys a quick video clip real quick about the wrong way to deal with annoying people, okay? So let's just make sure that's clear. This is the wrong way to deal with annoying people. Let's go ahead and check it out. So punching annoying people is not the way that we're supposed to handle as Christians, all right? How many of you guys watched Arthur growing up? I heard a lot of you guys mention the meme. Yeah, that is the episode where that meme comes from. So again, not the way that we're supposed to handle it as Christians. So how are we supposed to deal with annoying people? Well, thankfully, the Bible tells us exactly how we're supposed to do this. In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, Paul is telling the uh, church at Ephesus how to grow and to be mature in their faith. And then in verse 15, he says the following. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So Paul says that one of the key ways that we show our maturity in Christ. One of the key ways, things that we do to be mature in Christ is to speak the truth in love. But, uh, so, so Paul tells us here, basically, we need to be honest, but we need to be nice at the same time, okay? We need to be truth and love. But that's like the hardest thing in the world for us to do, because let's be real, when someone's being annoying, we don't want to tell them nicely, to stop what they're doing. We want to tell them instead to shut up and leave us alone, right? That is what we really want to do, but we're not supposed to do that. So how can we be honest and nice at the same time? What does speaking the truth in love look like? So again, the Bible has got our back. It helps us out here. And so in First and Second Corinthians, Paul wrote those entire books to the church in Corinth because they had a lot of issues going on. They were really messed up. And so Paul needed to bring correction and order to that situation. And we, by looking at these letters, we can learn how to speak the truth in love. So first thing that we need to do in order to speak the truth in love is to have the right motive for your handout. So when you're confronting an annoying person, is your motive 
to hurt them or to help them? When you're confronting them, is it because you're just finally fed up and so you just go off on your sibling or your friend or your teacher? Or are you doing it because you love them out of a heart of love? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4.14, it will appear. There it is. I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. So Paul's saying, these things that I'm writing to you, they're not easy for me to write. But because I love you, I'm doing it. I'm not trying to kick you while you're down or to make you feel bad. Trying to help. And the sad thing to me on this point is that I think everybody, even non-Christians, that we all know that our words have power. And because we all instinctively know that our words have power, sometimes we intentionally use them in a negative way in order to bring about change. So we think to ourselves, I snapped at my sibling and they stopped what they were doing. Or I was kind of harsh with that person in school and they left me alone. But even though it did bring change, it was really only temporary. And actually, what that really brings in the end is defeat. You may have been honest in that situation, but your motive was wrong, and that will always impact your message. So that's point number one. Second thing we need to do in order to speak the truth in love is use a loving tone for your handout. Use a loving tone. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2, 4. Ta-da! It's coming. It's coming. For I wrote you out of great distress and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to grieve you, but to let you know the depth of my love for you. So again, because the things that Paul was writing were so strong, we see him constantly throughout the letters reaffirming his love for the Corinthians. I wonder if the people that were reading the letter could even see the tear marks, maybe as the apostle had been right, working on it, as they had maybe fallen to the page. But this is so important for you guys to get a hold of, to use a loving tone, because the tone of our truth-telling will either build a bridge or build a wall. You see, you, you might, when you confront this annoying person, and trust me, they might be really annoying, and you've got to let them know. But if you do it with a harsh or judgmental tone, then there's a good chance that they won't hear it, even though it's the truth. But on the flip side, you can say something that is brutally honest, just brutal. But if you do it with a soft and loving tone, then you won't bring death in that situation and build a bridge. Instead, you'll bring life and you'll build a bridge. Amen. Our final point on how to speak the truth in love is to speak with all wisdom. The Bible admonishes us to use wisdom. And so that means that when we're confronting someone, we shouldn't just do it recklessly. We shouldn't just say whatever comes to our mind. We need to think things through. We need to be intentional and thoughtful about the way that we approach the person and the situation. Obviously, one fantastic area where we can get wisdom is the Word of God. 
right, being in the Bible, it has tons of wisdom. The book of Proverbs, for instance, full of just daily practical stuff, but it also has a lot to say specifically about conflict. Uh, a great scripture, uh, really it's just a dynamite scripture for you guys to use, and you can use it to measure, am I walking in wisdom in this situation? Is James 3.17, and it says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. That's a pretty high standard, isn't it? But it's what we are called to do as Christians, and I don't know about you guys, but that is what I want to strive for. I'm not going to be perfect, but that, that's something I can look at and say, am I walking in wisdom in this situation? Am I being impartial? Am I being considerate? Am I being pure? I already have mentioned to you guys that conflict is something that um, I don't like. And, yes, inevitable, but for me personally, something that I really don't like and something that I struggled with for a long time. And I'm happy to say that I've made a lot of progress in this area, but unfortunately I've had to learn a lot of my lessons the hard way. And one of these lessons I learned when I was younger than you guys. I was a teenager and I grew up in a very small neighborhood. And so there was actually only two other guys uh, roughly my age. They were both a little bit older but they were the only ones, and so we became friends, and you'd go outside, ride bikes, do sports together, and stuff like that, and it was great, and they'd been in the neighborhood l longer than I had been, and then fast forward, I went to my first youth summer camp, and it was awesome, and I dedicated my life to Jesus, and at that camp, Pastor Jason challenged us to get rid of any toxic relationships that were in our life, and immediately I knew that I needed to get rid of those friends because one of them claimed to be a Christian, but the other one didn't, and neither of them were really walking the walk, um, cussing, uh, into pornography, and um, they were uh, into just different things, into secular music and movies, TV shows, and so I knew that I needed to do something about that because they were going to influence me if I let them. And so I wish that I could tell you guys that I did what I've been talking about tonight, that I spoke the truth and love to them, that I sat down and had a conversation with them and let them know, guys, I value your friendship, but the things that you're involved in, I can't be a part of. And wish I had told them, you know, about my experience and how i so in love with Jesus and how I wanted the same thing for them. But unfortunately, I didn't. Instead, when they would come over to see if I could come hang out, I just started making excuses. Uh, I'm sorry, I got too much homework. Uh, I'm busy, it's too late, my parents won't let me come out. I can't do it today. And they kept coming for a while, but then slowly they started coming less and less until they just stopped coming. And that was the way that I ended those relationships. That's not what I want for you guys. I want you to be men and women of truth who speak the truth in love. What I wish I had done was that, had that conversation with them. And that's what I want for you guys to be able to do. I want 5979 to be a place where we speak the truth in love to one another, where we don't gossip or slander or criticize or complain, but we encourage and build one another up. 
where we speak life and not death at all times. And so I hope that uh, through this sermon, you guys will be able, whether it's dealing with annoying people or family relationships or whether it's dealing with random people, kids in school, coworkers, that you will choose to speak the truth in love.